Hi, I'm Jenna Lee, a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm Greg, a doctor of educational psychology. We're husband and wife, parents of four, trying to make evidence-based parenting practices accessible to all. Thanks for joining us as we learn to navigate the happy human life. All right, folks, we are here with episode number three, or as we are referring to it internally, date number three. I got this girl for the third time to talk to me. This is fantastic. You are like really excited today. You know, I'm just feeling some big energy because this is the third of three episodes that we're going to be releasing at launch and kind of in the process of recording this now. It's like, this is it. Once we're done, we can kind of launch these out to the world and... I'm excited. I know. And I know you haven't brought up the topic yet, but I'm sure people have read (laughs) from the episode description what this is all about. And we're actually coming off of a weekend of self-care. Yeah. The kids spent the night at their grandparents' house for two nights. So we're feeling good. We're feeling really good. (laughs) I'm rested, but though not really, because... Let's be honest. Are we one, ever really no. rested? One, two nights. It's not enough. No. We need weeks. No. Um, we still went to bed at nine, yeah. both nights. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We raged a little bit during the day, though. We I did. I got to say, we had some fun. Lots of caffeine. Yeah, lots of caffeine. But we snuck in some booze, some really good food, and each other. Come on. We walked 10 miles. That was pretty cool. We got that, a lot of walking and talking. That about. might be why I'm a little bit tired yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. Re- recovery mode. <laughs> All right. So let's get to it, though. We are here talking about the topic Handling parental stress and burnout, coping strategies for overworked and overwhelmed parents. Maybe you know one or two of them. Let's be real. It's all of us. Um, And, you know, like we've been doing for the past couple episodes and like we plan to do, we're going to have this structure where we share out these three actionable tips that can help you in this area. So our learning outcome for the day. By the end of this episode, we'll all better understand what we can do to manage our stress and overwhelm by putting into practice the three actionable tips that we're going to dig into. Spoiler alert, we're talking about self-care today, but not in the way you'd expect. We might blow your minds. Yeah. Oh, it's going. This is going to be probably the most different self-care conversation anyone's ever had. We're going to grow today. Am I overselling it? A little bit. (laughs) I think we're just really excited about it. We are. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the focus of the past couple episodes has been, you know, I don't know, a little more rough. And this is more, ah, it's, it's, I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm being Are you cozy? I am. Like this is, (laughs) you know, self-care almost. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool. All right. So to dig into it, though, you collected some information from our followers on social. What do you got? We did. So we asked you, do you feel like you have a non-family village that you can call on for support? And over 56% of you said that you do not have a non-family village. Now, this might be surprising to some. We even got a couple of comments from you saying like, wow, I'm really surprised that this many people feel like they don't have a village that they can lean on. Um, But I think for a majority of us, it's not that surprising, right? And I feel like this is why we really need to keep talking about this topic. And today we're going to help all of us to expand our understanding of what it means to care for ourselves so that it feels more 
accessible. That's it. Yeah. I feel like we were like, we feel trapped almost like we want to engage in care, but we don't feel like we have the support. And in all reality, we don't have the support or the time or the time. And so in going through the tips of the day today, hopefully we can get us to see the support that is around us that we can access and kind of shift our mindset around this whole idea. So we also presented the statement on social I have the time to focus on self-care to prevent caregiver stress and burnout. We asked people to either agree or disagree with that statement. And over 72% said they do not have the time to focus on self-care, which contributes to their burnout. I mean, I would ex actually expect higher percentages than that. Like I do feel like every parent I've ever talked to about this idea of taking care of oneself, they're just not doing it at least to the level that they'd like to. Right. We take care of everyone else and we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. There's something really wrong with that. So if you're not yet in on these conversations, please head on over to our stories. We're asking questions just like these on a weekly basis. They're super easy to answer. You're just clicking a button. You're letting your voice be heard. And this not only is going to help your own well-being, but it also helps others feel seen. Yeah, that's right. It's, like it's a way for us to relate to one another. Exactly. Just to feel not so alone in all of this, which I promise you, I mean, you're here. You know you're not alone. Um, but I mean, taking the time out of your day, just seconds to engage in these kinds of little polls that we're running, just to kind of help you stay more mindful and reflect on the fact that you are a part of a much larger community. And that in itself is an element of self-care. Um, just recognition that you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. So related to the topic, we had a happy human community member share out a question to us. Jenny? Yeah. So Meredith said, what do you do when you're trying so hard to self-regulate, but your child won't let you? They need your attention right now. And they keep getting louder and more emotionally triggering so that every time you try to take a deep breath, you can't even finish without them shrieking loudly at you. Making... The urge to yell in response stronger and stronger each time until finally you do. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm kind of laughing as I'm hearing you read this question off and it's not laughable. It's awful. But, but it's, you've been it's, there it's, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, like <laughs> every day. And so I've mentioned this in the last episode uh, on emotional resilience and I have been working really hard on regulating myself. And so I'll be in these moments with them doing my best to just take that pause, right? Building that space between what I'm feeling and how I respond. I work on using my breath to regulate myself, but quite literally they are there tugging, pulling, screaming, and it's so damn hard just mm -hmm. to build in that space with the constant harassment and overstimulation. Uh, so I get it. Um, I understand. I empathize. And, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I feel like it's okay to just walk away. If they are tugging, screaming, and it's going to like set me off, instead of just, you know, being present, which is the ideal, you always want to be there, better than exploding, walk away. Do literally whatever you need to do to re regulate. And I feel like we kind of need to be unapologetic about it, right? Uh, we can apologize later for having walked away and not staying present once the kind of emotional temperature has cooled down, right? But if we want to be able to show up as the parents that we want to be, sometimes we just need to get the hell out of there. 
Absolutely, because we can't possibly show up as these caregivers that we want to be if we're not regulating ourselves, right? We need to be able to regulate in order to show up as these co-regulators that our children truly need. I think a lot of the times we skip over the step of co-regulation and move right to how can we help our child self-regulate. We're not there yet. If you're listening to this and you have young ones at home, they're not there yet, right? So this all ties back to our last episode where we discussed the importance of co-regulation, this idea that us as parents, we can get wrapped up in our child's storm. Essentially, we're dumping fuel, just pouring it onto that fire, making it rage more, or we can come back after having stepped out for a moment, we're more regulated, and we're able to work at diffusing it. Yeah, and so I think it's either one or the other. If something, if there's some sort of issue, there's some sort of problem, there's some sort of struggle, you know, the, the temperature is starting to heat up with our kids and with us, we as the parents are in control here. Are we either going to show up as these co-regulators or co-escalators, right? Here's the whole water or fuel kind of thing. I don't really see much of a middle ground. You're either co-regulating or co-escalating. I mean, you know, I'm sure we can have a whole conversation about that, (laughs) uh, but I just want us to all be really mindful of how we're showing up in these situations. Right. And I don't know if it's so black and white, but it's definitely an interesting idea and just speaks to how powerful of a tool we are ourselves in this scenario, right? We can either bring the calm or we can add to the storm. I'd prefer to bring the calm, (laughs) although it's not that easy. So today we're going to talk all about ways that you can fill your own cup so that we're not starting out our days already depleted, dragging ourselves out of bed, unable to navigate even, you know, simple challenging situations like preparing lunch in the morning. We want to be able to navigate these situations as best as possible. And in order to do so, we need to take care of ourselves. That's it. The self-care is what's going to allow us to show up as those co-regulators and not those co-escalators. So let's dig into our first actionable tip. Everyone get your pen and pencil ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, so, oh man, I'm not prepared. <laughs> I, I know, right? Actionable tip number one is reduce demands by leaning on your support system. So in order to introduce this tip, I'll share with you uh, one of my most favorite self-care activities. In fact, I'm doing it tonight. Hopefully, we'll see the online systems down so I don't have to go to the theater to actually purchase my ticket. But I like to go see movies on my own. I know, it's a crime. I don't take my wife. I don't take the kids. I sometimes will go with my brother. um, But sometimes it's just me by myself. And that's kind of what I need to do. Now, some backstory. I work from home a lot. I really don't get out of the house much unless it's bringing the kids somewhere, like taking the trash to the dump. And so basically, I need to get out. I need space away. And I do reach out to Jenilee. Sometimes it's through a text because I think it's harder for her to say no. <laughs> but I say, can you take on you know the bedtime routine? I'll scoot out and go see an 8 o'clock movie. Um, you know, I, I absolutely... Like when I get back home and everyone's in bed by the time I get back home, but I just feel so damn recharged. Um, Me just having that time away from the family, 
you know, escaping into a movie really just fills my cup. And this is me, you know, reducing my at-home demands, helping mm-hmm. with, for example, let's say dinner cleanup or house cleanup or the bedtime routine by leaning on you specifically in this instance mm-hmm. to be a support system so I can go and take care of myself. Right. Yeah. So your story really, it makes me reflect on a couple of things. So first, you and I have grown so much in our ability to delegate and share responsibilities, right? Oh, yeah. We've learned from experience and lots of dysregulation (laughs) and arguments that we really need to grow comfortable leaning on each other, family members, and other trusted caregivers to lighten our load, right? Even if it adds to other people's loads. It's It's a balance. And I think that we're really working on increasing our comfort when needing to ask for help. Yeah. So, you know, I can just reflect on growing up and I think asking for help was sort of seen as like this weakness right. or an inconvenience. And we have this mentality of I can, I must do it all myself in order to have value as a contributing member of this family or of this classroom. Yeah. It's taken a lot of work to remember on a daily basis that it's okay to ask for help. Like I, this is something I'm still working on. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, putting myself on the chopping block here. I know that in the past you have reached out and for little things, you know, Greg, can you help with this? Greg, can you help with this? And I know, you know, sometimes obviously I'm a helper, but other times I almost do get like annoyed or have gotten annoyed with you. It's like, why are you asking me for help? You can do that on your own. I've got my own crap to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just sucks knowing that this was the older version of me. And this is like part of the culture I was raised in too. Like I personally so rarely ask others to help. <laughs> just the other day, I'm moving this massive piece of furniture. Someone goes, hey, let me help you. No, no, I got it. <laughs> so I'm like pulling out my back. It's just like you said, this sense of... Like that's your worth. Your yeah. worth is wrapped up in being able to move that piece of furniture on your own. That's it. And I, you know, like, again, it's layered, right? You don't want to inconvenience the other person. You don't want to come across as weak or helpless. But to ask for help, to lean on somebody else for support is not this indicator of helplessness. It is a, a sign of how to utilize the resources that are available to you to just everything Well, I think it's a sign easier. of maturity. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So I'm, mat- I'm maturing. You are. Yes. So here's the thing, though, because I'm imagining, you know, I'm in the car listening to this podcast as a parent and they're like getting pissed off. Okay, so Greg leans on Jenna Lee for support. Jenna Lee leans on Greg for support, but I don't have a support system. I don't have someone that I can say, can you take care of the kids tonight while I go see a movie? Like, what about those people? Yeah. So we get this comment a lot. Mm. So what do we do? It might take a lot of work to find your village. It can take effort to find support and to build connections that feel comfortable to us. Obviously, I feel comfortable with my husband. But if you don't have someone like that in your life, it might take more effort than, you know, me asking Greg to go to a yoga class, for example. So just some things from my own experience. I found that once our kids were in school, it was a lot easier for us to make connections with parents. So if your kids are, you know, birth to three and you're feeling like, where's this village everybody keeps talking about? I promise you it's coming. Give it a couple (laughs) of years. 
<laughs> it was so much easier for us to make connections with other parents. Our kids are involved in things like Girl Scouts and sports, and we were able to build connections with other parents there. We actively seek out ways to give back to our community, and by doing this, we're building connections with people young, old, and those in the same stage of life as us. So we have mentors, mentees, and you know those walking side by side with us. So all of these different types of connections are valuable to us. So we want to connect with people in our community, whether it's through school, local parenting groups, online groups like the one that we have here, yeah, or right. you know our trusted friends and family. Of course, we have those people too that we need to to lean on at times. Yeah. Um, within these different groups, you know, we're able to share our experiences. We're able to share advice. We're able to learn from one another, and all of this is just immensely helpful to our overall well-being. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to that bit about just not feeling so alone at bare minimum. Uh, but obviously, these these kind of supports now offer so much more of like practical, real-world support, right? Um, but yeah, you know, just to you know piggyback of what, what you were saying, I remember those early days of just feeling so alone in this. And even though we do have family close by that has have been incredibly supportive, and in all reality, our only support, mm-hmm. like you said, once our kids started school and you know just being at the bus stop, meeting other parents, uh, going to birthday parties, and just building this community, it's it's been amazing how you can like just rely on them for the littlest things, like giving the kids a, the ride to basketball practice. Right? Uh, hey, I'm I'll swing by and, and pick up your girls to go to, to basketball. Oh, what a huge weight off my damn shoulders. Right. Uh, something as small as that can be a huge support and give us uh, just the much needed break that we need. So let this be some encouragement to you, this call to action to actively find your village if you don't feel like you have one. We, as humans, I mean, we're social creatures. We want to connect with each other. And there are people out there in your community And they're looking for the same exact kinds of support and connection that you are. So, you know, whether it be finding a weekend once a month, uh, you're joining, I don't know, a a walking sports or gardening club. You just kind of have to put yourself out there sometimes, make these connections. And again, we have connections now Mm -hmm. and using them for these little things like pickups and drop offs. They all add up. You know, self-care doesn't have to be a weekend-long yoga retreat. If it's allowing you to just stay home while someone else takes your kid to practice, damn, they chalk it up as a massive win. So I think you make a really great point here. We need to realize that we also need to be making investments in these relationships. Right. I'm thinking about like, are you offering to give rides versus just expecting to receive the support? Or like not even looking for the support at all. Like you might need to be the first one to send the text message. Can I pick up so-and-so from basketball? Mm -hmm. And then it will be reciprocated. I promise you. And if it's not, it may be by another parent. So just keep taking risks, putting yourself out there. Put it out there. I mean, and you know, at minimum, just the fact that you're here listening to us 
does mean that you're a part of something bigger, right? Like generally and I can't offer to drive your kids to soccer practice, <laughs> but you know, we're here at least to share our experiences and connect with you so you don't feel so alone. And you know, just to, as it's on the top of my mind here, if you haven't yet, go to happyhumanlife.org, join our community. Obviously this podcast uh, is a great way to connect with us, but we're sharing out so much more through the community and it's, it's no cost to it at all. It basically just puts you on our email list and we do our spotlight question of the week every Monday where we uh, answer questions from the community. We're now doing our three things Thursday message where we give you a splash of motivation. We share out some big actionable tip of the week with some kind of food for thought reflection. Uh, the whole idea is the more time we spend with each other in these spaces, whether it be this podcast or the community, it's going to help us feel more supported and hopefully encourage us to continue to seek out support. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's also so important and valuable to reflect on all the people that we currently do have in our social network. So those of you who are saying like, I have no one. Mm -hmm. Really, when you have a moment, take out a piece of paper and write down the names of all the people you consider to be a part of your village. You may be surprised with how many people are actually there to support you. Are you tapping into all of these resources to ensure that you have time and you can build your bandwidth by participating in all you know, of the caring practices that we're going to talk about today that can nourish your mind, your body, your soul? Ultimately, when we're well-rested, emotionally stable, and we have this time for self-care, the quality of the care that we're able to provide to others will most definitely be higher. No question about it. It's a win-win for us and our kids. Yeah, so if you have a community, lean on them. Don't be afraid to ask for support, to ask for help. And encourage them to lean on you, right? Let it be a reciprocal relationship. That's what this village is all about. Um, again, if you don't feel like you have any sort of community, then go find it. We <laughs> promise you that community exists. You just have to get a little uncomfortable and put yourself out there, right? It's not easy. No, it's not. And I, I just am finding that it's getting easier. And it's one of those things, like many things. You wish you can kind of go back in time and kind of start earlier so that because think about these communities, they can grow depending on how much you invest in them. And I'm feeling like if we could just go back and start investing in this idea of community earlier, things would have been a whole lot easier. Uh, but here we are now and we're ready to transition into actionable tip number two. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So actionable tip number two of this episode Balance responsibilities by establishing boundaries. A big one. You got it. So first, I just want to say that setting and maintaining boundaries is self-care. Mm -hmm. It's not just the pedicures, the massages, although <laughs> those things are all really good. Who gets those, though? <laughs> do, do, do we know anyone that actively gets massages? <laughs> I mean, I try to get a pedicure in the summer. Yeah. But massages are harder to come by. Right, yeah. <laughs> so just to dig right into my story. So early in the summer, I started to enroll our kids in all of their extracurricular activities for the fall. It might just be me, but does the sign up for these things happen earlier <laughs> and earlier each year? Like, want to get your kids into summer camp? 
better be ready with your summer schedule by March of that year. It's just insane and stress-provoking, and it's really no wonder we're all balls of anxiety. Yeah, and I'm uh, so I see how hard you work. I know I often don't mention it, but I'm confident that you planning all the activities for our kids, and again, that's something that's been almost exclusively on your plate for the past almost 12 years now. It takes up <laughs> like 90% of your time. <laughs> like just this past week alone, as you're now like the new Girl Scout troop leader for our first grader, it, yeah, you have been nonstop um, planning. It's busy. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be wrong. <laughs> it might be 90% of my time. Um, anyways, so like Greg just said, you know, our, our girls always participate in Girl Scouts. So that was sort of a given. That's an easy sign up. If you're able to navigate the website, yeah. you Girl Scout moms know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, um, the girls also decided that they either wanted to continue with or start taking dance classes. So we planned for the three girls to all participate in ballet and jazz. So this would mean getting them to and from a total of four dance classes per week. So our oldest taking two classes and our younger two participating in the same two classes together. Clutch. Shout out to their teacher for grouping <laughs> grades one through four together. It's literally been a game changer for us in terms of scheduling. So Stack just an applause. For <laughs> Fast forward to the beginning of September and all of a sudden our six-year-old is constantly in splits talking about starting gymnastics. And I just have this immediate jolt of, oh my gosh. I need to sign her up for gymnastics. Crap. There's a wait list everywhere. I seek out advice from other moms about places with availability. And then I get this reality check from Greg. Yeah. I'm like, listen, can we actually do this? Is no, there enough, no, we can't. Is there enough time in the day? Is this something that needs to happen right now? You know, we had talked. I right? have her signed up for like the Olympic gymnastic team. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> like, I'm like, and so here's the thing. Like, I see it too. I see how she could excel so much if she were also doing gymnastics. But like we had talked, right? I thought we had set this clear boundary of each of our kids doing two activities, right? Girl Scouts plus one other thing each season. Um, so we really do need to learn our limits, know our limits, set boundaries, and then stick to them, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to get really comfortable saying no to all of these extra commitments. Um, and, you know, ask for help also, like we were saying before with tip number one. But basically, we can't just keep spreading ourselves so damn thin and then wonder why we have nothing left to give to ourselves, right? A hundred percent. We really need to get comfortable saying no. No. Every, every, everybody <laughs> say it with me. All together now. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> or if someone asks us to do something, say you need a night to, to sit on yeah. it. We don't need to give our answer right away no, even though the people pleasers within all of us yeah. want to it's funny because like anytime i another parent and it could be something i say hey, you know we're talking about a, a play date maybe this friday i feel this need i need to like whip out my phone and check my calendar and see if i have something in that block so i can give them an answer yes or no right there on the spot but let's be real we're all juggling so many things and just because we see an opening in the calendar doesn't mean that we need to fill it 
Or that we want to fill no, it. Oh, right. And so, you know, I think a good strategy here, and I'm, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing it's something that we could do. We don't really do mm-hmm. this and we should. Mm-hmm. For those of us that do use a calendar, and so we use a Google calendar. We have a shared calendar that we use as a family. Greg has trained me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But like what a wonderful tool then to use to literally block off sections of the day where there's no family activity, no big obligation, but you're setting aside that time to have that nothingness, secure Mm -hmm. your nothingness, secure that space so you can engage in self-care and at minimum, at least not be shoving things in there when you don't have to. Right. So then you have to honor it too. Having these kinds of boundaries will help us really be mindful of our time and our energy, keeping us from becoming overwhelmed and burnt out by all of these demands that are presented to us. I think we're also teaching our kids to set realistic expectations, right? We're not going to be able to do everything all the time. If we did, we wouldn't be able to perform to our potential. We need to set achievable goals for ourselves and our families and really celebrate small wins. Even the smallest win deserves a celebration. (laughs) I'm with you. Right? Like we made it to our four dance classes on time this week. Yeah. With all of the things we needed to participate. That didn't happen last week. It did not. (laughs) (laughs) But this week we're on a roll. We've got the right shoes. They might not be on the right feet, but I'm going (laughs) to celebrate that we have all the tools we need to do this. Yeah. And so, you know, just to be clear, it's also okay to miss things. And it's, you know, this could be a bit of a, um, you know, tough conversation for some people to have, but it's controversial, controversial. Because like if you make a commitment in an ideal world, you show up, right? What the hell? Um, But let's be real. None of us are living in an ideal world. So we need to kind of give ourselves grace when we miss a class or forget something. It's just... uh, Right. It's okay not to do all the things all the time. Like we might actually be better for it. All right. So to put this actionable tip into practice, figure out what boundaries make sense for your family and come up with a concrete plan. Ask yourself, what's serving you? What isn't serving you, right? Right. Let go of the shoulds. Yeah. The should we be enrolling our kids in all the activities? Or should we be able to go to work, come home, make a home-cooked meal, get the kids to all their activities, and everyone should have a bath at the end of every... Night. And don't forget the mandatory hours of cuddling <laughs> and bedtime stories. Um, yeah, I mean. You need to let go what you can. You have to. You'll be happier and more fulfilled. I think your whole family will be calmer. 100%. Set those boundaries and stick to them. That leads us into our third actionable tip, which is experience self-care by finding the joy in everyday activities. Yeah, and so th- when you earlier in the episode, when you teased that this was going to be something a little different from your typical kind of self-care conversation, mm-hmm. I think you were maybe alluding more to this actionable tip because it requires more of a, a, mindset, a mindset shift, right? It's not right. like setting boundaries and leaning on support systems in order to find like physical time to like separate yourself from your family and build in self-care. But instead, it's all about just looking at things differently. Right. Like I don't have to add anything to my schedule. 
I can just look at what's in front of me and find the joy in it. Yeah. That's really powerful because it doesn't necessarily feel like you're adding work. Right. It's not additive at all. Like we can look back at how yesterday went down and I know for sure I could like reflect on certain moments that played out a certain way. Whereas if I had just shifted my damn mindset in those moments, Mm -hmm. it would have turned into just a much different experience. And so to kind of ground this for you, let me share a story. Last week it was bedtime. Jenny and I, and we're beat every night at bedtime. I mean, this, this, this isn't just a one-time thing. Our kids thing. could literally rage all night long, and we're like, please, yeah, go to bed. Yeah. So <laughs> this is this is one of those nights. We are just fried, and we want them to all get in bed so we could just crash. Um, and, and our goofy little uh, two-year-old just started busting out some dance moves. We have this like wall-length mirror in our bedroom, and we had... Um, the, the Alexa playing some music and he was there just shaking it in the most hilarious way. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's just back up a little bit because it's not just this like wall length mirror. It's an entire wall (laughs) of mirror. I think dance class, exercise studio style. It was here when we moved into the house and it's, I mean, like our realtor made a big deal out of it. It's like a. (laughs) awkwardly it's like it's a hot topic in our relationship because i desperately want it gone because it's like something from the 70s it is and greg i don't know sees no reason to remove it listen i have my reasons that's a conversation (laughs) for another day so back to the story he's there in front of the mirror he's dancing and again we're fried we could have paused him shut it down let's get to bed but that's not what we did we kind of had this mindset shift and said, ah, what the hell? And we joined in, right? And so what we ended up doing for like the next, it must have been 15 minutes, um, we took turns as a family picking songs, putting them on, and then we let the person who picked the song kind of lead a dance while everyone else copied their moves, right? So we started by everyone like kind of lining up at the mirror and copying the moves of our two-year-old. And then when he was done, we let our six-year-old pick a song and she led the dance and we copied her moves. And we just did this for like, Yeah, it had to be at least 15, maybe even 20 minutes. And oh my God, how different of an experience it ended up being versus the versions of us that kind of just said, you know, crabby, let's shut it down. It's time for bed. We got to, we got to stop this fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever copied a two-year-old dance moves, (laughs) if you haven't, this is a must-do activity. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Again, it was wild. And so it totally bled into what we would kind of call our typical nighttime routine, but it bled into it in like the most positive way that we ever could have possibly imagined. Yeah. I mean, I think this truly exemplifies this like living in the moment, finding the joy in everyday activities. And like, as you've said, it wasn't easy. I remember thinking too, like, it's late. We really should you know, we should be in bed by now. But once I was able to like let go, fully immerse myself in the experience, I was able to truly enjoy the moment. Our world is just so fast paced and it's hard to really sit in joy and pleasure, like really sit in it for like more than a minute. You know, (laughs) when we're, we always have this feeling like there's some task that needs to be done that's more important or more of a priority or that we've been putting off than what we're actually doing. So we're not truly experiencing all the good that's around us. Yeah, like, And so for me, and I've gotten a lot better with this over the past few years since our kind of 
health and parenting revolution began. Um, so much of it used to be battling my anxiety, right? And so my mind was almost always elsewhere, you know, thinking ahead um, and trying to control things in the now to make them align to this plan that I have in the future. Um, and it's, again, something I've been working really hard on. And so comparing where I was to just a few years ago to where I am now, it's incredible how I've been able to just let go of that control and live in the moment more, be present, right? Find the joy. Um, long story short, I have been growing into a more mindful and present person. And I mean, if that's not self-care, what is? Right. I mean, I that makes me think of this comment that, you know, I've heard said to me so many times from other people, like, enjoy every moment. They're only little ones. This time is fleeting. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just feel like this romanticizes parenthood beyond reality. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Right? It's that's awful. And that's not what we're saying we, here. So like, don't get that idea like, oh, these people are crazy. Like, yeah. my kid needs to get to bed or else you're going to be miserable tomorrow morning. We're just saying that, you know, we might need these gentle reminders to find the joy in everyday life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. Our lives are hard. No doubt about it. But the more we work to kind of just get out of our damn heads and hunt for that joy, make a choice to mm -hmm. search for and hunt for those pockets of joy in all things, right? It's not even just kids related. It, I go out for a walk in the woods and I try to find the beauty in the trees and the, my, the feeling of the uh, dirt and the rocks beneath my feet. Like the more we engage in these, this kind of thinking, it snowballs into this ability that we have to kind of access moments of happiness. Well, yeah, I think you're talking about mindfulness. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> another topic yeah, for right. another day. Episode 137, yeah. <laughs> mindfulness while walking in the woods. And, you know, we really, we like this snowball analogy for some reason. I think this is now the second time we brought up well, snowballs. Snowballs are awesome. <laughs> I mean, come on. But this is like the good type of snowball. We want more of this. Yeah. Sorry. Right, so pro tip here. Let's kind of put this actionable tip really into practice. Let's make it practical. If you're not driving right now, please take out your phone and tell Siri to set a daily reminder at the same time every day when you kind of tend to have the hardest time and have that reminder read, find the joy. So if that reminder goes off tomorrow, like, again, uh, let's be realistic. You might see the reminder and say, oh, screw you, Siri, or whatever. <laughs> screw you, Greg. You have yeah. no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. I'm knee deep in a shit show right now. Leave me alone. Um, but maybe the next day when it comes on, you'll pause and you'll be able to find that joy. And every time we can find the joy, it's only going to help us kind of relieve that overwhelm and burnout that we all just so desperately want gone yeah well said thank you oh <laughs> man all right so i think this brings us to the conclusion of our third episode here it does so just to summarize the three tips for you today we talked all about handling parental stress and burnout what are ways that we can cope with being overworked and overwhelmed as parents so we want to make sure we reduce demands by leaning on our support systems. If we don't feel like we have a village, we need to actively seek 
out ones. And we gave a couple of options, but there are so many more. Please seek out those resources that are available to you. Number two, we want to make sure that we balance our responsibilities by establishing boundaries. We want to set those boundaries and then we want to honor them. We, the follow through is so important. We could set them all day long. Mm-hmm. If we ignore them, we're not going to see any beneficial changes. Right. And number three, experience self-care by finding the joy in everyday activities. Again, I know as a mom of four, Feeling like adding self-care felt like work to me. Just another thing to do. Just another thing. Like, how could I possibly add one more thing? Like, I can't take on that mental load of figuring out how to journal every night for five minutes. Just another thing to (laughs) fail at. (laughs) But trust me, setting a reminder on your phone and it goes off and you're able to look around and find literally anything mm-hmm. like oh I'm I'm like really happy with the plant I just purchased I'm literally looking around my environment what's something that makes me happy and I can find joy in right now yeah that's something that brings me joy it's easy to do it doesn't have to feel like work yeah and so a call to action to everyone here I hope you recognize that just being here with us is our version of trying to help you escape the reality of your crazy life. Uh, This is definitely self-care for Jenna Lee and I. Again, we really have been looking forward to having these conversations. And uh, it's uh, it's been cool knowing that we're sharing these out with Mm -hmm. you all and maybe helping you a bit. Now, if you found value in this episode, please do go to happyhumanlife.org, sign up to join our community. Uh, We are trying our best to share out valuable resources and offering out support along with this village of caregivers that we're building. I think at the time of this recording, we're up over 7,000 people that have joined this community. It's some pretty cool stuff. Um, so get in the community, submit your questions, uh, all the things you share with us are helping us build these episodes to meet you and your family's needs. Mm -hmm. The community is guiding what we talk about here. They're producing the topics. They're voting on which ones we're going to cover. So get involved and, uh, help us help you. And something new, uh, we've decided to create these kind of new, what we're calling podcast one pagers, P.O.P. Pop. Uh, They're they're these kind of digital handouts that are going to break down the three actionable tips with some scripts and examples to help you kind of put these tips into practice. Um, Maybe some mantras. Yeah, that's it, man. So like we haven't quite figured out the nuts and bolts of podcasting yet, but our plan is to kind of put a link to those in the show notes. So mm-hmm. hopefully if you're listening to this, we've figured it out and you can go to the show notes and find But then I think like if you're also a part of our community, we'll put links to those For in sure. our emails. Yeah. So you'll be able to find them. If you're not, shoot us a message. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> looking ahead, what do we got? So our next episode is going to be all about setting boundaries. So looking at strategies for consistent and emotionally intelligent discipline. Yeah. I am so excited for this one. This is a one. big one. The community was, uh, this is received They're a ton asking for it. of requests. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if you're looking for an alternative to punishment or you're at the end of your rope, maybe you're emailing us, you're saying something like, I've got nothing left. I don't know what to do. This episode is for you. We're going to actually teach you tips and strategies to stay more consistent with your kids while also helping them build their skills so that they're better able to meet life's challenges. As always, we appreciate you being here and growing right along with us. And so like we've been doing, we're going to finish with a mantra message. Everyone deep breath in. 
And out. I am worthy of the same love and care that I give to my children. Prioritizing self-care is an act of self-love. Go love yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a little weird, but go with it. I'll do the mantra next time, guys. (laughs) Sorry, I went a little off script there. Um, Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care.